Welcome to the world of fiction, where we're lying, but that's okay. One prepared host, two neurodivergent nerds, two authors dig deeper into the lies that expose truths. If you're a fan of fiction with a curious mind, tune in each week for discussions on speculative worlds, fandom, the industry, and creating. Let's talk about ChatGPT and other AI. I'm your prepared host, J.S. Garrity. And I'm the host who's making it up as he goes along, Ludlow Adams. For our new listeners out there, every week I choose and prepare a topic because I'm a researcher and a planner. And I find out the topic usually a half an hour beforehand, sometimes four hours, <laughs> because I'm supposed to be pretty good at making stuff up as I go along. Let's get into it. Yeah, so today I, I sent the topic early on accident. Um, I usually schedule, G Gmail lets you schedule when the email sends. And so I'll schedule it for 1130 Mountain Time. And today I just, yeah. It, it was so funny. I was running an errand. So I saw this way of like helping to strengthen your ankles and for anybody who doesn't know, which is probably going to be most of our listeners, I injured my ankle like a year and change ago, and it still is killing me. Mm -hmm. So I had to run out to get a, a tennis ball because of all of the sports balls that I have in my house for physical therapy, that's the one I don't have. Mm -hmm. So I ran mm -hmm. out to get it, and I got to, the, I got to the parking lot, and I looked at my phone, and there was the message, and I was just cracking up. <laughs> I was laughing so much. So uh, JS actually sent me a message afterward and was like, hey, I sent it early, you know, look at it now, whenever, figure it out. <laughs> I was like, thank God, it's not just me. <laughs> yeah, we both have thesis brain right now. Yeah. Real bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about ChatGPT. There's a lot of fears around this. And yeah. I, I didn't dive too much into what other people are saying about it. I think everyone knows what other people are saying about it. Yeah. Um, my research for this one was using it and exploring it. have um, six different chats that I experimented with. Um, three of them are like a writing book related and then three of them are author business side related so we'll we'll dive into those but just initial thoughts Lovelo. what are your thoughts and feelings about ai um, about using it um, uh, in general yeah, yeah. using it so, or whatever yeah my thought is as long as you know when and where to use it okay Mm -hmm. um there obviously is a huge ethical issue with the fact that like the digital art ones mm -hmm. scrub other people's digital art like it looks yeah. for everybody else's art to kind of put together its own thing that's how yep. machine learning works yeah um chat gpt and those kinds of programs are much kind of the same i think it, it like scours the internet looking for stuff um mm -hmm. and yet they're also hugely helpful. Um, my understanding is this kind of machine learning, because we're really not anywhere close to true AI yet, um, but this kind of machine learning is like scouring um, medications and and metadata for patients. So let me just explain that really quickly. It doesn't, like they're getting the metadata, which is 
your medical record without your personal identifying information in it. Mm -hmm. So it just says patient, you know, um, that takes this medication, has this happening, you know, things like that. So mm -hmm. it's looking through all of that and it's saying, hey, you know, there might be a way to use this medication in this off-label or this not in not originally mm -hmm. attended mm -hmm. manner to get this kind of a result. So there are going to be a lot of things we're going to see along um, the next couple of decades along those lines that I think are going to make it really, really worthwhile. Um, if If it can help us solve the energy crisis, and I think there's a really good chance that it can and will. Mm -hmm. um, it might be really great. And, you know, when, as human society gets more and more complex and hopefully we become a multi-world species, we're going to need more and more of that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the technology, I don't think there's anything wrong with the technology. I think there's a huge problem with the way it's being implemented in certain mm -hmm. cases. So my visual art friends who are upset about it totally understand where they're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm with you on that one. I think the the AI generated art is um, murky at best, right? Um, I've seen some cool things where people have created like animation. Um, there's these like Balenciaga Star Wars um, crossover videos mm -hmm. out there that mm -hmm. are very interesting where it's um, it's a Balenciaga fashion show that's Star Wars themed and they've animated it and yeah. and that's you know it's it's a still original content um but AI has helped create it yeah uh but you could you know if someone actually went and created that fashion line then that could be a, an issue with both Star Wars and Balenciaga's you know ideas and yeah. and uh original content and intellectual yeah. property being stolen. So again, yeah, I agree. Depends on how it's being used. And what you just mentioned actually kind of opens up another door. Um, and you know what, as we lay down to this foundation, we're going to be able to move on to the topic of using it, I think a lot easier. Mm -hmm. um, but this one's huge. Like there's a really good chance that the way the legal structure around this is working, at least in the United States, is that if you make something with like Midjourney or one of the visual art programs, you can't copyright it mm -hmm. because it's not technically um, it's Yours. not technically your own art. Mm -hmm. But, you know, then but then you've got tools in like Photoshop that like help fix color and all of this stuff and does it automatically. And those are technically AIs as well or mm -hmm. machine learning. Well, maybe not machine learning in this case, but um they are closer to like just a general tool, but it's yeah. also like, it, it's, it's a basic AI. I'm not mm -hmm. going to equivocate with it. Yeah. So, yeah. No. Yeah. I think there's always some anxiety every time a new technology comes up. Um, mm -hmm. People are worried about job security. They're worried about um, our world becoming, um, desensitized to mm -hmm. to art and and creative creativity um and yeah those are valid concerns but i also think history has told us that as these technologies advance humans only get more creative mm -hmm. and 
our ability to be creative and have more time for the creative things just increases yeah. with the, with this technology. And I, I see the potential for that with the yeah. AI being able to use it as a tool in the same way as like Photoshop doing some of that automatic stuff and taking some of that work off your plate and then you go in and tweak it and make sure it's still your style and, and what yeah. you wanted it to be. Um, but it gives you a starting point that saves you a lot of um, busy work, essentially. And yeah. I think that AI could could do that. It could be that. Yeah, I completely agree. And and one of the things about the art side of this, and this is not me, it's going to sound like I'm trying to play devil's advocate. But it's just me trying to be fair to the entire situation. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the, the times that people are trying to use the AI art to do something they're trying to like throw it on a t-shirt or smack it smack it on, you know mm-hmm. turn it into a sticker so you can smack it on your computer or something like that and mm-hmm. you know a lot of the times artists aren't necessarily like fine artists aren't necessarily doing those things there mm-hmm. are because somebody's going to be out there like well i'm a fine artist and i'm doing this and yeah obviously there are people who do it but at the same time there's a whole lot of people out there and who have always been creative but don't have the the ability to do Mm -hmm. this art and now they're starting to be able to express themselves. Um, Yeah. And in some cases, you know, they're, they're like a one person business and, you know, they're doing print on demand and all kinds of other stuff or whatever. And so, you know, they couldn't run the business if they were having to pay somebody else. So, Mm -hmm. you know, my thing is once you start hiring employees, you'd better like pay them really well and treat them really well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, et cetera, et cetera. In this case, though, it's you as the business owner. I, I don't know. That... Yeah, it's tough. It it begs the question, where is the line, right? Yeah. With AI-generated art, how closely does it need to resemble the original to yeah. be considered um, stealing and unethical? Yeah. What and is I it think... like a... Oh, go ahead. I, I think a lot of the ones I've seen around Facebook and stuff are genuinely just ripoffs of of people's art because um sometimes you can even see the the original artist's signature in the background of some of these like it's literally cut and pasted and that yeah. is just straight up stealing in my opinion it yeah in a lot of cases it's it's the the input that you give it you know mm-hmm. i was playing around with a couple of them uh you know just here and there like hey how does this work hey could I get something decent out of this? And um, so, you know, there's some neat stuff. Now, you know, with chat GPT, we're kind of turning and, you know, running into the same thing. Like if we're asking for its help in writing a book, you know, mm-hmm. whose, whose information is it using? Whose data is it using? Mm-hmm. You know, what books is it looking at in order to help us with ours? So, yeah. Yeah, You know, there's, there's definitely, like I said, there's definitely a lot of concerns. Um, but I, I think, I think over time it's going to become a lot more like Wikipedia, you know, at, at first people like don't use Wikipedia. It's the worst thing ever. And it's yeah. like, <laughs> but it has an amazing bibliography. Like, yeah. It's a, you know, it's a great tertiary source, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a good, it's a good beginning spot. Yeah. Like, Hey, I don't really understand this and I have to write a paper on it let's read this entire article. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now let's look at the bibliography. Oh, Hey, look, here's things that are going to back up the other stuff that I know now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, 
So yeah, you mentioned the writing a book thing. And Mm -hmm. since we're writers, I tested these different questions with chat GPT from that perspective. So we're going to focus mostly today on, on writing, um, creative writing, all kinds of different content. Um, Mm -hmm. specifically I went into, uh, novels and, um, CEO on a a blog and website and, Mm -hmm. um, social media posts. And that's what I, I've done so far, but you can, I've used it before to create a template for blog posts. Um, I didn't end up using it. I was just experimenting at the time. Um, But I've done that. I've done um, social media ads. I've looked at how to do that. Yeah, just different playing around that I've done in the past. Um, But I want to start with this one since you mentioned it. I might have to refresh. Yeah. While you're pulling that up, Mm -hmm. there is an interesting thing where um, I've got a friend who's a librarian at an HBCU here in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. And um, he talks about how, um, like, there are people who can't write like just can't write a paper for anything and all of a sudden they're turning in perfect papers and stuff and so their instructors mm-hmm. are like yep yeah, yep yeah, you know using using chat gpt or something like it um yeah you know and so you know he and i actually literally had this conversation last night because he and i are both writers as well and we were talking through some things and i had mentioned snhu's policy of let's teach people how to use it responsibly and where yeah. it can be used ethically. And so mm-hmm. if you're trying to get it to write your finished paper, that's terrible. If you, if it's a short story or a novella or a novel, that's yeah. awful. Please yeah. don't do that. Mm-hmm. If it can help you with your research, because it's going to be really good at pulling information like that up. Um, great. If you use it to help you create a template or an outline or something, sure, go for it. Yeah. But at some point, you have to do the finished writing. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I think that's one of the best ways, probably uh, the most appropriate way to use it. Yeah. And I, I just straight up in this uh, in this chat asked, can ChatGPT write a book? I just asked them, can you can you do that? And the answer it gave me was, yes, ChatGPT can assist in writing a book. While it can generate text and provide ideas, it's important to note that ChatGPT is an AI language model and does not possess personal experiences, emotions, or a comprehensive understanding of the world like humans do. Writing a book requires creativity, storytelling skills, and an understanding of literary techniques, which are areas where humans excel. However, ChatGPT can be a helpful tool during the writing process It can provide suggestions, answer questions, help with research, and even generate sample text based on given prompts. You can utilize ChatGPT to brainstorm ideas, develop characters, outline chapters, or get feedback on your writing. It's important to remember that the final outcome and quality of the book will depend on your creative input and writing abilities, with ChatGPT serving as a helpful writing assistant. Yeah. 
you know, there, there's a point at which you kind of have to say, you know, is this really all that different from like a real, well, I, I saw somebody mention, um, chat GPT specifically as something that's like a really fancy autocorrect at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, yeah. And I mean, with, with some of the help you can get on grammar and spelling and things like that, this feels like it's the next step beyond that. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I agree with the bot, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it definitely takes a human touch. Um, and and it's going to take a human touch for a really long time, Mm -hmm. hopefully, um, you know, but then again, this kind of stuff tends to tend to build on itself very, very quickly. But, you know, my hope is that it's going to take um, the grunt work off of the people who hate doing the grunt work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I this part was key for me. Um, it's important to remember that the final outcome and quality of the book will depend on your creative input and writing abilities. Mm-hmm. And. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about, you know, how these art AIs and, you know, chat GPT and these different programs, people are, I think, accusing and pointing the blame at the AI as mm-hmm. the AI is stealing. Um, but I think ultimately it's the responsibility of the user and what you're using and how you're using it. And if yeah. you, as a user, are utilizing the tool of an AI to steal other people's work, that's on you. Yeah. You're the one being unethical, right? Because it's just yeah. a tool. It, yeah. And there's so much technology out there that can be used to steal other people's work, but it's not the technology's fault for doing that. It's yeah. on the person who's who's stealing it, the work. Yeah, the technology definitely makes it easier. I mean, you look at you know, the, one of the classic examples of, of, of a fight in this nation is over guns. And, you know, some people are going to be like, well, you know, they're for this or this or this. And no, they're designed to kill people. And that's what they do. They're, they're very mm-hmm. good at it. And people will use them sometimes to defend themselves or other people. And sometimes they use them for other things. Like, um, but there's not a whole lot of thought that has to go into it to using those. And I think mm-hmm. AIs can be kind of the same thing. You know, you yeah. need to, you know, you can very thoughtlessly do some really bad things with them. Yeah. Without even intending to, I think. Um, yeah. I mean, all the people posting on Facebook the where, you know, they feed in a picture of themselves and then the AI creates all of these magical, mystical portraits of, of you, right? And, and everyone, you know, is posting these on Facebook and it's this big deal. Like you can get this for five bucks, all these pictures. And, um, you know, those people aren't intending to steal other people's artwork and they're no, they don't yeah. even realize that they're doing it. Yeah. And I think that whoever owns whatever AI it is needs to be upfront about, by the way, like this is how this works. And yeah. if you turn around and try to um, sell this as your own or whatever, like just keep in mind, like it could be an yeah. ethical breach. There needs to be some kind of a disclaimer so people are aware. Um, but the other issue I see is that these AI, these people who own the AI, the companies and organizations or corporations that own these AIs are profiting off of other people's artwork in the sense that 
people are paying five bucks to get these images of themselves done in the exact style that another artist has created down to the signature still showing up in the background. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's the responsibility of the people, right? The people who've created it, the people who are using it. Um, and we just need to be really aware, I think. Yeah. One of the big, um, complaints in the art world about it is that, um, like there are entire websites where people go to host their art that are saying, oh, if you post your art here, it can be used by an AI. We're going mm-hmm. to allow that. And so mm-hmm. that was a huge deal on DeviantArt, which has always been one of the best places to create a gallery, mm-hmm. yeah. according to some of my art friends and the very limited knowledge that I have of it. And um, I think I think it changed to where they said, no, that it's an opt-out instead of a no, it's an opt-in instead of an opt-out. Mm-hmm. So you have to mm-hmm. tell it, I'm willing to to yeah. allow AI to use my my work. Yeah. So, But it, it, it's tough because so many artists have found a way to have a viable um, career with their art because yeah. of technology like um, yeah. TikTok and YouTube and Instagram because more people can enjoy their art than just the people buying the product and they can make money just from sharing their art and sharing their process. And that the AI disrupts all of that because then you're like, if I put my art up on, you know, the internet, share it with the world that it could get stolen. And that is, it's a hard thing. Yeah. I have, I, I have a lot of friends who are, full-time visual artists and you know some of them are really really stressing about it and i don't blame Mm -hmm. them at all yeah um i i can't blame anybody for the anxiety and anxiety usually turns into like fear or fear turns into anxiety whichever way which turns Mm -hmm. into anger so i mean i i completely get where why people are really mad and and angry and upset about this 100 percent. yeah so you know, if it's if it's looking to take money out of your pocket, it's kind of hard to say, hey, wait a minute, this is this is good, yeah. you know, when mm-hmm. it's when it's directly going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I can see the business side of it and I can see the the artist side of it. Um, the way I'm thinking about using it, though, is always like, you know, somebody who's doing, you know, like a small uh, like a small print shop or something on their own or you know mm-hmm. is is trying to publish a couple of novels and is using chat gpt to give them a hand yeah. with outlining yeah. or something like that yeah so let's talk about that because it in this answer chat gpt gave me about can can you write a book um it lists all of these different ways that chat gpt can help and i i mean we don't have time to go and try out each of those things and test them but i did grab a couple ideas and tested it. Like, can you really help with this? So the first one I did, um, my, my thesis novel is, uh, a fantasy Mm -hmm. and it has a magic system based in, in science. So the idea is that magic is just science that we don't understand yet, Mm -hmm. which I think is a common, you know, idea, right? Um, but this takes it to the extreme level of like fey magic. It is quantum physics, essentially. 
mm-hmm. and, and has to do with quantum entanglement and that kind of thing. So I asked ChatGPT, how can I use quantum physics to build a magic system for a fantasy novel? Mm. It's a really specific question. If you Googled that, you would not get great results. Mm-mm. No, nothing. And it tells me incorporating quantum physics into a magic system for a fantasy novel can add a unique and intriguing element to your story, which I actually got pretty much that same feedback from my professor. So it's pretty good. (laughs) While quantum physics is a complex and abstract field, you can draw inspiration from its concepts to create a fascinating and believable magical framework. Here's a step-by-step guide on how you can achieve this. And Mm -hmm. I won't read the whole thing because there's a lot. It has eight steps, and it, the first one is research quantum physics, and then identify magical elements, um, then establish quantum analogies, create rules and limitations, visualize effects and interactions, integrate symbolism, consistency and internal logic, and then finally, number eight, convey explanations effectively. And Mm. each of those steps is followed by an explanation of how to go about doing it and why it's important. And as somebody who's, you know, looked at uh, what other authors have said about building a magic system and what you need to do for it, and this, it's sound advice. Yeah. It's really sound advice advice like uh, i'll just look read the first one to get an idea it's the research quantum physics gain a basic understanding of quantum physics to explore its fundamental principles and concepts familiarize yourself with topics such as superposition entanglement wave particle duality uncertainty principle and observer effects this will help you identify aspects you can adapt into your magical system so it's literally told me these are the topics that you should look at mm-hmm. that could potentially make a great magic system. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, this if I had done this at the beginning, it would have been way easier to build my magic <laughs> system than it, yeah. than it actually yeah. was. It's just hours yeah. of work that have now been saved because it has given me the list of things that I can go look at and apply yeah to my magic system really what this is more than anything is it sounds like a research assistant Mm -hmm. yeah you know although it did say it could give feedback so i'm kind of curious about that but yeah um, feedback one if if we have time i want to you know plug something in and um while we're live on the podcast and see what happens um see if i can get good feedback uh but this this advice is fantastic. It's like yeah. if you found a blog article about the exact thing that you needed to know about, you know, very specific, right? And it, it it's good advice and it's very yeah. usable and very applicable. Yeah, it sounds like it for sure. Yeah, and it's not stealing because it's just telling you how yeah, you know, to to do this. It's not creating the system for you. Yeah. Um, So my other example for helping write a novel, I wanted to get real specific, super niche, 
I wanted to push the boundaries of what ChatGPT could do. And I'm okay. sure I could push this even further, but this is a, a very specific and niche question. So I, I asked, I'm writing a fantasy novel that features a monster based on the, and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of this, Serene Creon in Gaelic folklore. How can I describe the monster in a way that builds suspense for my audience? How do I write an intriguing action scene set in Boston where my fate elf battles the monster? Hmm. So this is a two-parter, right? And mm -hmm. it has an explanation at the beginning. So ChatGPT came back with, as you delve into describing the Serene Creon and crafting an action scene featuring your fate elf battling the monster in Boston, here are some suggestions to help you build suspense and create intrigue for your audience. And then it gives me two parts. It gives me the describing the... Sirion Creon, however you pronounce that. And then it also gives me a section on writing the action scene. And each one, sorry, my phone's vibrating and it's distracting me. Okay. Um, each one has steps uh, that are numbered. I find ChatGPT does this a lot. It falls back on, on numbered steps. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I won't read everything in the entire thing, just the um, the headlines, essentially, this, or the sub subheadings. So for describing the monster, first it says, emphasize its elusiveness. And this one was interesting because it took the folklore about this monster and gave me advice based on that folklore. Hmm. The idea that the monster is only seen sporadically and fleetingly, and it, it leaves behind this uncertainty because of that. And so I have this awesome, you know, advice that directly comes from the actual folklore, right? And then two, highlight its colossal size, another piece of information taken from the folklore. Three, unleash the terrifying appearance. And this one I'll read because it's very specific. Paint a vivid pitch picture of the monster's grotesque and otherworldly features, describe its gnarled, twisted limbs, its jagged teeth, and its eyes that burn with an otherworldly glow. Mention the stench of decay that lingers around it, making the air thick with a putrid odor. Wow. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting, um, that last part, especially the odor. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times we as writers forget that, like we talk mm -hmm. about sight and hearing all the time, but yeah. we'll forget taste, smell, you know, the feeling of certain things. And that has been one of the things that like Sandy Peterson, uh, who wrote the Call of Cthulhu RPG way back in the day, has mm -hmm. said like, that's one of the things you really need to talk about to make a monster more real to your players. Mm -hmm. So to make something more real to our uh, readers, you know, smell is a really big deal. So that's, yeah. that's really interesting that it nailed that one too. Yeah. And it, I mean, I can see how somebody could take that, use the exact words, right? Mm -hmm. And it's pretty decent. Yeah. Right. It's it's a pretty decent description. Yeah. Um. But I also, when you're working with a 
a critique group or a professor who is giving you suggestions, they will do this. And this is actually something people will do for each other in a critique yeah. group where they yeah. say, you know, paint a vivid picture of this, like describe this and this, and they'll give, you know, those examples with that, you know, vivid imagery. Yeah. And, and so this is very much mimicking what you would get from a professor or, or critique group. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think a good one that knows you is going to give you higher quality, uh, feedback, you know, yeah. especially a group, um, mm -hmm. you know, a group who is sole focus at that session is like your work rather than a professor right. who's trying to get through everybody's, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah, that's, it, it, it's solid. Again, it feels like a really good jumping off point. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And then the, the writing, the action scene section is very similar. First advice, set the scene, establish the atmosphere in Boston, creating the familiar sights and sounds, and then contrast it with the impending threat. Um, two utilize suspenseful pacing. Great writing advice in general. All, it says uh, alternate between moments of intense action and brief moments of respite, allowing your readers to catch their breath before plunging them back into chaos. That is advice that's given and, all the time. And set it in the middle of a St. Patrick's Day parade. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. So now, you know, there's all this other chaos going on. So, you know, and mm -hmm. weird stuff is happening to all these people. But, you know, they're they're going to try to try to write it off as something else entirely. Yeah, this is a great example of how human advice is superior, because this is great advice. Yeah. in in this, especially if you haven't taken an MFA program. Yeah. Um, or read a lot of of craft books. This is fantastic advice, all kind of organized in what you need for the exact thing you're working on in that moment. Yeah. Ludlow, uh, but Ludlow's suggestion for setting it in a, a St. Patrick's Day parade that is my favorite piece of of advice. Of all of the things ChatGPT suggested, yeah. that one's my favorite suggestion well, because it has it, a human flair that I think AI cannot recreate. And and that's something that you and I noticed when we've been doing, you know, back when we were doing um, critique group and writing group stuff is that, you know, I seem to do better, you know, helping people build on other critiques mm -hmm. or other feedback. And so we're like... I'm really, you know, where I shine is like being able to sit down and talk somebody through like, okay, how can we punch this up? How can we make this cooler? You know, yeah. a friend of ours has a, has a main character who is supposed to be really pretty evil and wicked and it just wasn't there. And it's, it's there now. It's there now. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. To a frightening degree. It is there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that person really grabbed the, uh, the feedback and ran with it. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, grateful for i guess i'm i'm like oh wow somebody actually used my advice and it's working Hot yeah. yeah yeah and it that advice just grew into more and more um specific suggestions and they've created this truly three-dimensional character that yeah has come alive essentially yeah. and is a 
fantastic villain. Yeah. Really great villain. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what this does is, you know, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm not sure you would have come up with the St. Patrick's Day parade idea without hearing this first. If mm -hmm. I had just given you my material and had you read it. Nope. And, and so this is a great way to, you know, just get that basic stuff out of the way so that you can spend your time on making it even better yeah. and coming up with even better ideas. Yeah. Well, you could also do it at like a flogging Molly concert instead, but I think a parade would be better, <laughs> higher stakes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I won't go into the rest of the, the steps that they gave me, but um, what I took from this is this complicated idea. It's a complex idea. It's not simple resulted in ideas and suggestions that are actually usable and focused and and helpful yeah truly helpful yeah actionable feedback is probably one of the hardest things like mm -hmm. you know and actionable feedback isn't always like hey here's the problem here's how you fix it you know i i'm a big believer in neil gaiman saying where he says that um you know remember if somebody tells you what's wrong they're almost always right but if they tell you how to fix it they're almost always wrong mm -hmm. um and so you know i i like to be able to like talk through things like that but yeah the chat gpt uh gave us a really good starting point for the conversation around it like hey how do we how do we really make this really cool for js's story so mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely um, I do want to try the feedback one. Um, I'm not sure we're running close on time, but I also wanted to really quick go over some of the business side things, because for mm. me, that's the most exciting part yeah. is being able to spend less time on the social media aspect, excuse me. Um, social media and marketing and those things that most authors dread. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I asked a, a couple questions. Um, and one of them was very specific. Well, not super specific. It was slightly specific, but um, I said, help me create a social media posting schedule with post ideas for my author platform focused on mental health themes. Mm, okay. So fairly specific. And it gave me seven days, you know, the motivational Monday, tips Tuesday, writing Wednesday, throwback Thursday, freebie Friday, spotlight Saturday, and self-care Sunday. And then the suggestions underneath each of those are all related to writing and mental health and writing and mental health together. Um, one of them for Motivational Monday is share a personal story or experience and how it influenced your writing related to mental health. Um, writing Wednesday offer prompts or exercises related to mental health for your audience to try. Uh, Freebie Friday host a Q&A session where your audience can ask questions about your books or mental health topics. Um, Spotlight Saturday, highlight another author or mental health advocate. 
share a success story from one of your readers who found inspiration and comfort in your books. Like it's, it's actually looking at the complexity of an author with mental health themes mm-hmm. rather than giving me separate ideas for the two. Yeah. Which is what it's, I found impressive about it. Yeah. It's, it's a really good starting point, a jump off point. And one mm-hmm. of the things that, you know, people are worried about is this, is AIs like destroying their jobs or, you know, their sources of income, of course. But mm-hmm. someone who knows marketing um, and knows how to use those tools really well and then starts learning how to use one of these AIs, th- they could probably like multiply their clients by 10. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so I think like any time we've had an advancement of technology, fewer people have had to work in that industry. There's more productive. There's an outside, produ- an outsized mm-hmm. productive jump, productivity yeah. jump. Yeah. So I mean, I mean coming even... up with these uh, seven days and the there's two suggestions per day that it, it gives you. Um, that would easily take an hour of someone's yeah. time to put all this together. And it yeah. took two minutes. Yeah. And now you can have even better ideas yeah. based off of that. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have a decent computer and two monitors, you can do it twice as much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and then I asked a follow-up question because one of the things that ChatGPT says it can do is it remembers previous questions in the conversation. Mm, okay. So within the same chat. So I, I, made a follow-up question, what kind of photos should I use for Instagram versions of these posts? Mm, mm-hmm. And it gave me the the seven days and their um, their topics, you know, Motivational Monday, Tips Tuesday, etc. And it gave me two different ideas per day for images that would work. And very specific, so like Tip Tuesday, flat lay images of books, notebooks, or wellness products that relate to mental health. Like not just put a picture of, of a wellness product, but flat lay images of these things. Um, Spotlight Saturday, portraits of the author or mental health ad- advocate you are featuring, capturing their personality. Mm. And it, so there's, it's good advice and it's not just like, yeah, put a picture of the author that, you're talking about it says capturing their personality so it's telling you how to do it well yeah and then i added another follow-up how can i use hashtags in these posts to generate more traffic and benefit from instagram's algorithm and then it gave me eight steps or eight um pieces of advice about using hashtags based on what I know about Instagram and hashtags, the, the advice is sound. Um, but it it remembered the idea of author and mental health and incorporated mm-hmm. that in the advice it gave me. That's so, pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I mean. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, great jumping off points. And, you know, I know people use ChatGPT to write scripts and stuff all the time. And then, of mm-hmm. course, they go through and edit it. But, right. you know. Um, people will knock out scripts in, you know, two minutes rather than, you know, two hours or five hours or 10 hours. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody on YouTube was saying that, um, you know, writing eight to 10 minutes of a, of a script for YouTube can take up to 10, 12, 15 hours easily. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, you know, being able to, you know, generate a sample script. Now, the other thing to keep in mind, though, is it, it at, at least for probably quite some time, you know, definitely at the moment, it takes a human being to go through and make sure, you know, and, and do the edits, the final edits yeah. and make it yeah. coherent and things like that. Yeah. There are things that you can read that definitely read like they were written by an AI. Now, that's going to get mm-hmm. better and better. Um or I guess in our case, harder but and harder is to tell the difference. it gets better, the people yeah. who are expanding on the AI's version, that's yeah. going to get better and better too. Yeah. This, the bar will be set higher, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, again, it's just, it's a great tool to get started, you know. Mm-hmm. So when, when most of uh, research went online rather than at, at your public library, you know, everybody a lot of people freaked out about that um Mm -hmm. you know but gosh these are just tools to throw in your tool chest and to pull out when you need them um and Mm -hmm. these are just other ones to do that yep okay we have just like a couple minutes left so i'm gonna pull up a an assignment i did for a class I'm just going to copy the whole thing. It's about uh, just under a thousand words. I'm going to start a new chat and ask for feedback. And I get feedback on this blog article. I want to do this now with some of my stuff. I did would not have thought about using it for feedback. Okay. I have sent it. Wow, it's already, this is going so fast. (laughs) Depending on how complex the question is, it can go slower or faster. Wow, it's already done and it has seven things. Okay. So it says, overall, the blog article provides personal reflection on the author's experience at an urgent care facility and explores the deeper psychological reasons behind their need to be liked. That is true. (laughs) Here are some feedback points to consider. So one, it says opening. The opening sentence grabs the attention and sets the stage for the story. However, it might be helpful to provide a bit more context about the urgent care visit and why it was significant to the author. Interesting. Um, I'm not sure that is feedback that I would consider super great. that one comes across more to me like, yeah, AI didn't understand the nuance. Um, but let's or, keep going and we'll see. Or, or it's a great way to say, you know, later in conversation at a writer's party, yeah, one time AI told me to be more personal, personable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. Um, so two is structure and flow. The article follows a narrative structure, which works well for this personal reflection. The flow of the story is coherent and easy to follow, leading the reader through the author's experiences and thoughts. That's that's just positive feedback. Okay, three, emotional impact. The article successfully conveys the emotional impact of the incident and author's subsequent introspection, the inclusion of specific details, such as overhearing conversations and the author's emotional reaction at home adds depth to the narrative. That is... That is shocking to me that AI yeah. came up with that. That is yeah. nuance that 
it, that baffles me. That's <laughs> wow. Um, okay. I think this one's a suggestion clarity and conciseness while the author, while the article expresses the author's thoughts and emotions, there are moments where the writing could be tightened to enhance clarity and conciseness. For example, some sentences could be simplified or rephrased to improve readability. Mm. That's not bad. A human would be able to pull out specific examples from the yeah. article. Yeah, but for I, I think for an AI to be able to say, hey, basically you were at, um, you know, like a ninth grade reading level and the average American is at a seventh at best. So, you know, hey, fix it. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to write a follow up. I'm going to ask if they have specific examples. What are examples from the article? that could be written or concisely and you know what this this is feedback i truly believe because i am not super concise in my writing in general i'm very wordy you know it's it it's kind of interesting um to me that like gosh, six, seven, eight years ago now, seven years ago, I was starting to do some copy uh, writing. So some writing copy for this guy on Fiverr just to mm -hmm. kind of start learning it. And he suggested that I use this uh, specific um, AI tool, basically. And it, it, it was like, hey, you know, you're at like a, you wrote this at like an 11th grade reading level. Here's suggestions to bring it back down to a seventh grade reading level. Mm -hmm. so it was like oh okay so yeah i can kind of see where the roots of some of this stuff are, yeah. are coming from yeah absolutely um so literally 10 seconds it's given me five examples oh gosh uh, let's look at the first one original and i could hear everything every word spoken about me and the other patients revised I could hear everything said about me and the other patients there yeah, we go. but it and there's five of them. It, it loses, but it, the issue is, and, and an AI isn't going to know this. It loses the emotional exactly. weight. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it it says at the bottom. Remember, these suggestions aim to increase conciseness, but it's important to maintain the overall clarity and meaning of the content. Mm -hmm. So it has that little disclaimer down there. Uh, here's this one might actually work. Original, I talked to my therapist about the incident. I couldn't understand why I needed to be liked by the nurse. Advised, I discussed the incident with my therapist, questioning my need to be liked by the nurse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. And I don't think it changes the emotional uh, mm -hmm. aspect. So, yeah. But that's amazing. Like, in the original shirt, didn't give me specific examples but it was able to follow up on it and pull out yeah specific well, I examples guess, i guess that's one of the things you do now maybe maybe to give a, a first pass since you know we've we've dissolved our writing group uh for the time being um mm -hmm. we uh maybe we feed it a you know a chapter at a time and ask for specific yeah. feedback yeah you know I'm going to ask it to proofread. Can you proofread the article? Let's see. This feels like Willy Wonka when the 
<laughs> when the team is asking the computer to figure out where the golden tickets are. <laughs> yeah. This one's, oh, it's still thinking. It's not spitting out right away. Yeah. Well, you know, it's trying to figure out whether or not it's going to actually give up the location of those golden tickets. The golden tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just love that scene. Okay, certainly here's a proofread version of the article. Title, the need to be liked. Oh, it's giving me a title, its own title. Mm. The need to be liked, unraveling the impact of childhood trauma. Oh, wow. And now it's rewriting it. It's going slower. Makes sense because it it has to use my original material. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but we'll let that go and I'll see. I'll see what happens. That's interesting. Yeah. But yeah. it's already different. The first line even is different. Yeah. Um, one of the things you should not try to do with ChatGPT or any AI at the moment, everybody, is figure out foreign exchange currency uh, trading mm -hmm. or stock trading. Um, some people have done it on YouTube, and it's been a colossal failure every single time. Mm -hmm. So... You know, don't try to predict the future. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people are bad yeah. enough at it. Although there's a guy who's so good at it. He's never been wrong since the 70s. Um, wow. Yeah. He's the guy who invented like the flatbed scanner, I think, in the 70s. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he's made technology predictions ever since. He might be wrong on timing sometimes, but apparently mm -hmm. he's dead on. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, to the point where 20 years ago he made some predictions and Congress pulled him into closed-door hearings. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Whoops. All right, well, this is going to take a few minutes, I think. But oh, wow. maybe okay. next time I'll give an update on how well it proofread. Yeah. Um, but any last nice. thoughts, final parting thoughts on AI? Yeah. Uh, the big thing is learn when to use them and when not to, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and try to continue to live your life as ethically as possible yeah. because you know you want to have friends too um mm -hmm. so yeah yeah and if you're in doubt ask somebody who's in that field right yeah so if you're wondering is it okay for me to use this art ask a friend who is an artist what they think yeah and ask multiple people's perspective yeah all right. Well, that is our time for today. We've been your hosts, Ludlow Adams. And J.S. Garrity. Thanks for tuning in. Join us next week for a new topic about the world of fiction. This has been We're Lying, But That's Okay. Big thanks to our listeners for your support. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review. Thank you to our one-man production and tech support team, Max Garrity for making this podcast possible.